Jesus, you change everything. Lives heal, hope found here now. Jesus, you change everything.
could be to save whole households, guys. It could be to save generations that are to come. And so as we sing this song, I just want you to keep that in the back of your mind, that what you're going through right now is hard, might be hard. But if you can worship through the hard, if you can worship through the trials, Jesus is going to show up. He's not a respecter of persons. He's not going to do something for someone and not do it for you too. And he wants to break chains not only for you. It may feel like it's for you. It could be for someone else. And they're going to see you worshiping and praising through your trials. And that could be what leads them to Christ. And you could save whole households. Thank you, Father, for being our, being our chain breaker, our miracle worker our light in the darkness, the one who makes a way when there is no way, the one who opens up jail cells that we cannot open, the one that lets us have his victory as well.
you guys to worship and praise through your through your struggles today. You don't know who's going to get that breakthrough because of how you handle your situations. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for never leaving or forsaking us, for always keeping us tight and close, Lord, for always being beside us no matter where we are, whether we would be in a jail cell facing death or whether we are just going through a struggle at home. You are in our midst. He is so, so just go around and tell someone that he is good. Okay. Let's just, let's just worship him.
Amen. It is good to see you tonight. It's, it's December 1st, my goodness. If you're not ready for Christmas, you better get there, right? It's coming like a freight train. It's coming. Well, we'll take up our tithe and our offering. And if you still haven't given Thanksgiving offering, you can still keep doing that. Not this Sunday, but maybe next Sunday. I'll give you an update on the Thanksgiving offering, but I'll just say this. I am absolutely impressed by what has come in, and, and I, I feel the Lord is, is just blessing us in all sorts of ways, and, but, but I'm excited about it. But anyhow, uh, for tithe and offering, if, if you have something uh, to give, you can prep it. As always, envelopes are in the chair in front of you. If you don't see one, just wave your hand around, and one of our ushers may see you and help you out, all right? So uh, how about this? Nathan, you want to come down here and pray over offering for me? I don't have this microphone on. I don't know. We'll try. Here we go. Come on up here, Nathan. This microphone on. Mic check. This is Samara's mic. Is that at all? Oh, there it is. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Nathan. Why don't you pray over an offering tonight? Father, we just thank you for this opportunity, Father, that we get to gather in this house, but not only to gather in the house, Father, we just thank you that we have an opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God. And Lord, that we, that we know that, that your faithfulness, Father, that we're going to be, that we're going to be united and, and lifted up, that we can spread the word of God to the, to the world, Father. And we just pray that you would, I, I just pray, God, right now, that everybody that, and it's in this room, everybody that's watching, God, everybody who who sows into you, Father, not this church, but you, your ministry, God, that you would bless them in, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Nathan. If you have something, bring it on down tonight. Um, quick, quick announcements before we get into the word a little bit. This coming Saturday, Saturday, everybody say Saturday. Saturday. If you are able. Are you able? Amen. All right. I like that. If you are able, we have, you may have regretted just saying that, but um, we have a work day Saturday starting at 9 a.m. And what, what's going to be happening Saturday, I, I don't believe we'll be here more than a couple hours assuming somebody comes besides me. So uh, what we're going to do is uh, the carpet for the kids' church is scheduled to come next Tuesday and Wednesday. Amen. So... Um, and I appreciate, again, the patience of our parents waiting for uh, the renovations to get going. But that's, this is a massive step in, in the basement for us. So we, there's some remaining carpet needs pulled up, and then we need to clean down there. So if you can push a shop back, a broom, whatever, we've got to get all the dust out of there. That way, Tuesday, he doesn't have any obstacles. He can just start laying. So that's what's going to be happening. I'm be here about 9 o'clock. I'll be here at 9. And hopefully by 10, 30, 11, we'll be out of here. And then Sunday after church, we just have to move a couple things around for them, and then we'll be ready to go. So, uh, and by the way, just so you know what it is, it's for the kids. Okay, so if you, if you haven't been in the, in the basement, I don't like calling it the basement because basements are like, I don't know, whatever it makes you think about. We call it the kids' church, okay? The kids' church, if you haven't been down there, the colors are like, wow, but they're for the kids. So the carpet is actually... Um, 
one foot by one foot carpet tiles. And it's a checker pattern of gray and blue, so it matches the color. So it's, it's not for us to go, oh, wow, I, it's for the kids. And it's going to look good for the kids. And if they happen to mess on it, you can pull that little carpet square up and put another one down. It's for the kids. So it's going to be nice, and I'm excited about it. So that's happening next Tuesday and Wednesday, but we got to finish prepping for it. So 9 o'clock Saturday morning, if you've got an hour, hour and a half to give me, I'd appreciate that. So then... Uh, the following Saturday, the 11th, don't forget at 9 a.m., we have a men's breakfast, and Mike and some of the guys are going to make some breakfast for us, and we're just going to talk about some guy stuff for about an hour, so I encourage you to come on out. If, if you're going to come, uh, just to help Mike a little bit, there's a sign-up sheet at the back there. Get your name on there. That way he knows how much food to make, okay? Uh, don't forget the youth lock-in, December 17th to 18th. Josh, has anybody come and offered their help yet? Oh, okay. Well, if you want to come help, if it's on your heart to help, it's a lock-in. That means it's the evening, and it's all night long to the morning. And you want to help out with our youth 5th to 12th grade, see Josh. Or if you have a 5th to 12th grader and you haven't ha heard about it and want more information, also see Josh. It's going to be a good time, and uh, we're excited about that. And certainly then, uh, Christmas party at the Millers, the 19th, right after church. Uh, so plan to be there for that, and obviously uh, the most important thing, uh, Christmas Eve service this month at 6.30 here, and all of that. And, and with that, then today uh, started uh, the Advent devotion. It's in the back there. If you haven't got one of these and want one, you can pick them up. They're free, and it's a 25-day Advent devotion, Christmas devotion leading up to Christmas Day. And it's just, it's, it takes just a couple minutes each day to read, just uh, in, in the middle of the hustle and the bustle and everything that December becomes, something like this can maybe help you focus on Jesus every day because that's what it's all about. Amen. So they're, they're in the back also if you want to get Or if you have somebody that you know that you think might want one, go ahead and grab them. And we printed them in-house so they don't cost really hardly anything and they're free. So go ahead and grab one. All right. So having said that, let's get our Bibles out. And... We're going to start a new series tonight, and I have no idea how long this is going to last. That's okay, right? Um, just kind of give you a, a, a kind of a, a, maybe a little bit of a schedule for you. So Sunday, by the way, this Sunday, we start our, our Christmas series, okay? So invite people out for that. Uh, on Wednesdays, tonight through the rest of this month, maybe a little bit into January, we're going to do a series on the Psalms. I knew the response to that would be like, really? Yeah, the Psalms. Yeah, thank you. Um, and, and, and after that, after the new year, February-ish, somewhere in there, we're actually going to uh, do the book of Revelation on Wednesdays next year, early in the year. And at some point next year, we're going to dive into the book of Romans, and that's going to be fun. So uh, we got some book series coming up uh, with some other things mixed in there, but just so you know what's happening. Uh, but the, the book of Psalms, that's where I want to go, and... Uh, I think the Psalms are important. Now, obviously, the whole scripture is important. So, so I'm not uh, trying to say something's more important than the other, but I believe the Psalms are important. Um, if there's one thing that I can get you to do is to learn to slow down. Okay. And slowing down does not mean necessarily quantity of time, but quality of the time that you have. 
So what I mean by that is if I can get you to slow down with the Lord each day, it will highly benefit you. And the other thing that goes without saying, but just a reminder, if I can get you to slow down, don't, don't treat your time with the Lord like you treat the rest of your life if you're a busy, moving fast person. Some of you are already slowed down. I get it. But a lot of you are, are busy and fast, okay? And if you're that, then I'd like you to learn how to slow down. So taking time for the word. Not necessarily has to be quantity, but when you do learn how to slow down when you do it. In prayer. It doesn't always have to be quantity, but learning how to slow down when you do it. Okay? Praise and worship that you have personally with God. You can slow down. Um, and whatever works for you, it works for me in the morning. First thing, I settle in and, and I spend, that's my, my, that's my time. I'm a morning person. When I'm up, I'm up. I'm ready. Margaret was complaining. I didn't even realize this. Like a, a week ago, I was up. She was up. She, and, and if you know anything, by the way, she's not here. She's not feeling well. You can say a prayer. And there are some other people I heard in church aren't feeling well. Please pray for everybody. We'll get into that season um, of, of just colds and all that mess. She, she's, she's not a morning person. She's a, a coffee, sit there, don't bug me for a few minutes person. How many know what I'm talking about? Me, I'm up, I'm going. And she was complaining. I don't know who she was telling. I didn't even realize it. It must have been 7.30. I was vacuuming, 7.30 in the morning. And I was vacuuming, and she's sitting on the couch, and later I heard her complain to somebody. And he was vacuuming. It wasn't even 8 o'clock. And I was like, so that's just me. So... My time that, that I try to slow down and focus is, is in the morning. You may be a, a lunchtime, you may be a nighttime, a night owl, you know, whatever works for you. But to be able to slow down is important. And I think it's important that we learn how to sit in prayer. Now, what I mean by that is, is um, often when I pray, I walk. So I'm not necessarily meaning physically sit, but I'm, I'm I'm talking in here, learning how to sit in prayer. A lot of times when I pray, I walk. That's just me. Habit, a bad habit I developed way long ago. But learning how to sit in your prayer, it's hard to describe. When you're, when you're in the scriptures, learning how to sit in it and not rush through it. You know what I'm saying? That way you can contemplate and reflect. When the word talks about meditating, being able to roll it over in your mind. So, so it gets from your thoughts when you read it and it starts to seep down into your being. You know what I mean? When it comes to the Psalms, that's important. I think we need to learn how to sit with the Psalms. Um, I, I, so some people ask me, I don't know what to do when I read my Bible. So I just say, there's a couple things you can do. A, go find a good Bible reading plan and follow it. Nothing wrong with that. Or second thing you can do, which is just as easy, whenever you start, read a chapter in the Old Testament, a chapter in the New, and a psalm. And that would take you all of 15 minutes, even if you're slow at doing it. In other words, not speed reading, but you take time. So you can start Genesis 1, Matthew 1, and Psalm 1 on January 1. In about 150 days, you'll roll the psalms over. There's 150 of them, right? And start over. So what I do is I'll do the Psalms twice, and then when, I, when I'm done with the second time, that's 300 days. There's 65 days left. 
then I go to Proverbs 1 and I do the Proverbs along with my Old Testament and Testament reading. But just that's not a lot of time to do that. But at the same time, you can be slow when you do it, if that makes sense. Be able to sit in it. I think we need to learn how to sit in the Psalms. The Psalms are important because they, they cover the wide range of human emotion. The Psalms teach you how to pray. Actually, the word psalm means song. The, song, the psalms are songs. They're, a lot of them were written with the intention of, of being sang to music. Uh, the psalms, by the way, are a lot of poetry, if you didn't know that. Um, understand, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that aspect of it next week and why that's important for you to know that. But, but your Bible, your Bible is made up of, of a lot of books, okay? But within the books of the Bible are a lot of genres of, of, of how it's written remember literature class in school. So the Bible is written by people who were inspired by the Spirit to write, but they still wrote in certain ways. So you find wisdom, you find eschatology, you find uh, poetry, you find narrative, you find uh, history writing, you find all these different genres in here. The Psalms have a lot of poetry in it. Now, if you remember from literature class, if, you, if you're in science and, and you're reading science and, and, and equations, different things like that, then, then you go to literature class and they have you read poetry, you don't treat those the same, right? So understanding how the Psalms were written is important. So we'll get into that a little bit next week. But the Psalms, um, there's 150 of them. You can probably see this in your Bible the way you break it up. They're actually broken up into five books of Psalms. They're not written, they're not placed in a chronological order or, or written together in groupings by author. There are different theories of why they're, they're placed the way they are, but uh, many believe that written, uh, broken up into five books to mirror the five books of the law, okay, and, and the Jewish understanding and usage of them. But obviously in Judaism, but also the, the early church, the Psalms were the prayer book and the song book that they used. The Psalms are well-tread prayers. It's kind of like if, if you've ever been out hiking somewhere, and you can be out in the middle of nowhere, but there's a trail that is well-tread, and you know exactly where you're going. The Psalms are like those kind of trails. Well-marked trails of church history. So, so when you pray a psalm, when you read a psalm, you, you're, you're joining in the chorus of the echoes of the church history of 2,000 years of praying in these same things. There's a unity that's brought when you pray the psalms. They cover the wide range of human emotion, and there's different ways that you can look at them, but I would encourage you to learn how to pray scripture. One of the things we do in the charismatic and Pentecostal church, we kind of like to freelance with everything. I'm just led by the spirit, and I'm floating around out here. That's all fine and dandy, but you gotta be rooted somewhere. You see what I'm saying? So as much as you, you pray, and you're led by the spirit in your prayer, also, Make sure your prayer is rooted in the Word. And one of the ways you learn to make sure your prayer is rooted in the Word is pray the Word. Okay? And we'll talk about that in a minute. So the aspect of the Psalms I want to talk about is, tonight is praying the Psalms. Um, but, but in the Psalms, again, finding the, the wide range of, of human emotion, um, you, you'll find... 
For instance, just, just one verse I wrote down here, Psalm 102.8 says, All the days my enemies taunt me, and those who deride me use my name for a curse. So this is, this is somebody writing this. He's crying out about his enemies. But what the psalm does is it always brings a focus to then how we release that unto God and how we deal with this. Okay? Um, so, again, this wide range of emotion. By, by the way, the psalms contain uh, uh, many messianic foreshadowing, like Psalm 22. My God, my God, why, why have you forsaken me? Remember Jesus says that on the cross? He's quoting Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That, that's a messianic psalm. So we see messianic foreshadowing the psalms. Um, you see psalms that are written in response to, to something that has happened. So there is a psalm that was written by David after he was confronted by Nathan about Bathsheba. Psalm 51, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Don't cast me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. But restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. That's David writing about Bathsheba after Nathan confronted him. So again, the Psalms cover a wide range of things. But if you read through all 150 Psalms, you will find it touches probably every area of the emotion of your life. That's why the Psalms are important. Um, so in the Psalms, uh, obviously, language about God, language uh, to God, um, sometimes words from God. Obviously, it is the God that we serve. That, that is the God of, of the Psalms. But you'll see um, in, in the prayer, you'll see things like, and here's some phrases I wrote down, uh, you are holy. Uh, you'll find a phrase, we love you. There's also at times phrasing, help us. A phrasing in Psalms, I have sinned. That questions you find in Psalms, why? Crying out to God, why? Uh, or, or sometimes you see the phrasing in Psalms, how long? The cry, the cry of the Psalms, how long? Um, I am alone. Defend me, have mercy. Well, you are good. I shout for joy. So you see this wide range of human experience. It's very gritty. Very gritty in the Psalms. And I think it's important, again, that we learn how to sit in them because they teach us something. Now, one, th one thing that the Psalms teach us is that coming to God in prayer, you don't have to have it all together before you come to him in prayer. Don't have to have it all together. And sometimes we can get religious like that and think, I got to get it all together, then I can come to God. But the only way you get it together is when you, when you come to him. There, there's even a phrase that, that kicks up like four or five different times in Psalms. It, it says, why are you downcast, O my soul? Literally praying from a depressed state. You find that in the Psalms. Again, this wide range of human emotion. So, to take time and not just read the Psalms, but take time to sit in the Psalms and to learn to turn that reading into a prayer and maybe even a song. I, I heard there was a, 
I won't say who, but there, there's a famous author that passed away last year or the year before, Eugene Peterson. I, I love his writings. He, he's a, he was a mentor for me from afar. I never met him, but, but uh, there was a famous, um, uh, world famous, if I said who he was, you'd know. You can find it on YouTube, but I just, I'm not going to bring it here. That person wanted to meet him. And you say, I didn't know that that person was interested in Christianity. Yeah, and he got to meet him. And when this was this famous singer of, of this band, he sang Psalm 23 to Eugene Peterson. Took the psalm and made it a song. And it was just something about it that was just very capturing. And, and especially when we'll talk about this in the aspect of poetry. Poetry is meant to open you up and get inside your imagination. Your, your love, O oh Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like a mighty mountain. Your justice, Lord, is like the great deep. That's in the Psalms. It's, it's poetry. Is, is, the, is, is the righteousness of God actually a mountain? No. But the psalmist, in, in, in a very lyrical, poetic way, is, is taking an allegory. That the mightiness of the mountain that he sees before him is, is like the righteousness of God. And it's meant to open you up to who he is. So the Psalms always bring us the big picture of who God is. And, and often the Psalms, in the middle of your own trouble, often take you outside of yourself to your neighbor, to your nation, all these different things. We find this all in the Psalms. So um, just a simple aspect of this. Learn how to pray the scriptures. And when you learn how to pray the scriptures, you'll at the same time, in a certain way, learn how to meditate the scriptures. And it's a foundation for how you approach life. And, and it, it's a grounding point for all the other stuff you do that you think is the Christian life. Okay, so uh, I brought tonight, this, this, is my, this is my prayer book, okay? And this is my prayer book of scriptures. So I have several pages here of scriptures that I, I wrote out that I pray consistently. Not every day, but I pray consistently. So in my readings of the Bible, at times I'm struck in a way, maybe it's because of a certain situation of my life, or just in general, I will write out that scripture. And I return to it, and I, I use it as part of my prayer time. Now, this is, this is how my brain works. I'm not saying you have to do this this way. I'm not saying if you're you're really a Christian, you do it this way. This just works for me. You guys understand? But what works for me is to write it. So I have many psalms in my prayer book. Uh, psalm 23, probably the most well-tread psalm of them all. The Lord is my shepherd. Now we know this, but learn how to pray it. Lord, you are my shepherd, and I shall not want. Lord, you are going to make me lie down in green pastures and, and lead me beside quiet waters. The sufficiency of that, I believe that. Matter of fact, Lord, you, you restore my soul. Lord, you lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. But even if I find myself in the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are with me. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Matter of fact, in the presence of my enemies, you prepare a table. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. 
Surely your goodness and your love, your mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life, and I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And you pray that. And it starts to sink in right in here. And I don't rush through that. Lord, Lord is my shepherd. That's not what makes me You see what I'm saying? You, you, just, you, you take your time. You slow down. Another, my, my psalm, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord all my soul. In all my most being, I bless his holy name. So praise the Lord all my soul and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from the pit and crowns me with love and compassion. He satisfies my desires with good things. And the youth of my life is renewed like the eagles. The Lord will work righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. I pray that. Psalm 51 is another one that's in here, what I quoted before David. Part of it says, create in me a pure heart. Renew a steadfast spirit in me. Lord, I've messed up. Forgive me my sins. Don't cast me from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. But restore to me the joy of my salvation. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. I pray it. Uh, another one in here I have is, is Psalm 27. First part of it is, is uh, the Lord is my light. He is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And you pray it. Because when you, you don't just read it, but you pray it. Because, again, it starts to get in here. Belief. Strengthening your faith. Psalm 62, Psalm 63. Different psalms, I don't have all of them in there, but there's just certain ones that strike me that I write down and I come back to them. And sometimes it's, it's a matter of a habit that I know I'm, I'm going to remind myself today the Lord's my shepherd. But then there's times when I'm facing trouble. Then that Psalm 27 rises up and I pray it. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He is the stronghold of my life. I'm not going to be afraid. And it, and it makes the difference. You've got to slow down. So getting into the Psalms and just reading a Psalm a day or whenever you can and, and seeing how the psalmist in their emotion relates to God and how, how they're asking God to respond. We'll, we'll even spend a, a night talking about the enemy verses in Psalm, what they call the imprecatory Psalms. When you see them, the, the psalmist write and pray, God, my enemies, break their jaw. Smite my enemies. I, I tell you, curse them and the their generations behind them. Are, you, are we allowed to pray that stuff? Well, we'll talk about it. Um, but you find, you find this full range of this in the psalms. Because have you ever been mad? There are psalms that are written when somebody was mad. Have you ever been scared? There are psalms that have been written when you've been scared. Have you ever sinned and felt guilty before God? There are psalms written like that. Have you ever been rejoicing and shouting and joyful before the Lord? Yep, there are psalms written like that. It covers the wide range. The psalms teach us. So I want to encourage you to start and slow down and get with it. But this, uh, uh, this thing right here, I think this thing's cool. 
And I'm not a big techie, so this is pretty much a phone and a camera for me. Other than that, it's pretty much worthless, okay? That's just me. Whether it's this or a computer or your television, whatever, okay? But this, if, if you read a chapter in old, a chapter in new, and a psalm, 15 minutes, depending, you know, some of those Old Testament chapters, 60, 70 verses, I get it, okay? But to take a half an hour away from what? This? Your, your TV? What about my kids? Sit them down with you. Hey, we're going to read a psalm together tonight. Let me show you about the psalm. Right? Oh, your, your ball game? I, yeah, I'm, I love sports. I watch sports, but hey, you know what? You know what I'm saying? We've got to slow down. Now, I cheat. I cheat because I work at a church. So I'm allowed to say, hey, leave me alone, I'm going to spend time studying. I cheat. I get it. I don't have a job that, that, you know, a lot of you can't do that. I also cheat because I love the outdoors. So if I'm sitting in my tree stand hunting, it's very easy to whip the Bible out. And Lord understands if I see a deer that I close it. He, he understands. He gets it. <laughs> All right? So there, there are habits of my life that, that lend towards this. But, but having said that, all of you have time to slow down if you'll make it. So part of my job as a pastor is to, to get you to a place where we're building long-term roads. You know what I'm saying? I'm not giving you theology tonight that you can apply when you leave. Oh, wow, I, I learned something brand new tonight. I'm going to apply it as I'm walking to my car. It's not, it's not tonight. Tonight is... Let's, let's build roads that help keep us on the narrow road. Let's learn how to slow down. That, that keeps you. Let's learn how to get in the Psalms and, and let the Psalms teach us how to pray. That helps keep you. Because there's going to be a Psalm in there that touches your moment, I promise you. Okay? These things help keep you. Right? And that's the goal, isn't it? Long, long term discipleship, running the race that's been marked out for us, as Paul writes. And we run the race with what? Perseverance, long-suffering. But that means there has to be things in our life to help us do that, because you're not going to do that by sheer willpower. You're going to do it because you create a rhythm of life, a habit of life. So, and, and we talked about this when we talked about uh, we spent some Wednesdays on the disciplines when we talk about prayer and, and fasting and worship and church. What, what happens is when you begin to create a rhythm of life of doing these things and then you miss it, you feel out of rhythm. You feel like I'm missing something. I've got to get back to, even if it's just 20 minutes, my word. Even if it's just 15 minutes, my prayer. You know, even if it's just a song, song of worship while I'm driving to work, I can get back to worshiping. Uh, next year, we're going to be challenging the church uh, the third week of the month that you pick one day during that week and fast. I'm going to challenge you to fast once a month, one day a month next year, just to help you develop a pattern. 
a, a habit, a rhythm, of connection. And again, remember, we don't do these things to get God buttered up so he'll do stuff for us. We do these things to know him and to be strengthened in him. These are connections that he has given us this stuff. Why do we pray? Because he said we can't. <laughs> Why do we read the Bible? Because he gave it to us. Why do we fast? Man, why do we, why? because he said, let's, until he comes again, let's fast, right? Why do we worship? Well, because he's God and we're not. You know, why do we have these things? These are things that he created in order to, to know him and to dive deeper into him and to get them uh, in a place of, now, now uh, it's not, then there, there's something happening in us because of this, a strengthening. To do what? So we stay on the road persevere, stay strong, that we're not back and forth by the winds and the waves of the world, that we make it, and the Psalms are important, okay, so simple challenge tonight, learn how to slow down, now Margot will also tell you about me is, I'm always doing something, I'm busy all the time, I guess that's why I'm vacuuming at 7.30 in the morning, I'm always, I'm always busy, I rarely spit for a long period of time. That's true. So even knowing when I get to work, knowing my first segment of time is I'm going to get into the Word and I'm going to pray. And that's, by the way, that's separate from my study for my sermons. That's a whole other thing. This is just me and God time, not me and prepping for you time. Okay? But even then, my mind sometimes starts to roll. Okay, what meeting do I have today? What do I have to get done today? At what time is my assistant going to start knocking on my door, you know, kind of thing. And, and my, I, have to, I have to focus because I'm, I'm, always, I'm always busy, you know. If you're like that, teach yourself. And, and if, it means, if it means putting all technology and everything in a whole other place so you can't be bothered, do it. Okay? But spend time with him. And slow down. And then write write stuff. You, you read your word, you got a question, write it down. Let's talk about it. You know, there, there are times in prayer I don't even know what to say. I, ju I just know that the Lord knows what's up, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm just here. <laughs> I, I got nothing. But to slow down enough to be in his presence. You know, teach yourself these things. Because they help build this long road of staying with him and being with him, right? And it's nothing to brag about. I, 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 I don't like talking about what I do because I don't, I don't like to sound like, hey, I'm doing a great job at this. It's, it's not what it's about. It's not, we're not in the spiritual Olympics, remember? We're not trying to best each other who does more. Or it's, it's, that's not what, remember, the Bible says when you pray, go in your room and close the door. Because the hypocrite likes to stand out there and say, hey, look at me, I'm praying. And when you fast, don't look like you're fasting. Because the hypocrite likes to show he's fasting so everybody can pat him on the back. And even when you give to somebody in need, don't shout it out there. You just, you just give and do in secret. And the Lord honors because when you do it in secret, it removes your pride of wanting to be seen and be seen as spiritual. You know? It's, that's, that's why it's personal. It's building. Right here. It's building. Okay?
So it's a challenge. But I think we as a church can do this. And, and, and I want you more than anything just to be grounded, to be growing, to be strengthened, to be led by the Spirit, right? But that takes you so you can, you can feel. When the Bible says, he who has ears to hear, what's it saying? Are you paying attention that it's getting here? That's what that means. Are you paying attention enough that you're, you're getting it here? Who has eyes to see? Are, are, you, are you seeing it in a way that it's getting here, but you can't do that when you're running and speeding through everything? It's not possible. So that, that author, Eugene Peterson, he, he was uh, an outdoors guy. They write about him, and they say, you know, he would go for a walk, and he had, a, he had retired to a family property up in Montana, which is, I'm sure was wonderful. He would go for a walk, and he'd come back and say, hey, I saw 13 caterpillars, five squirrels, and he'd name off all the wildlife he saw. You know why? Because when he was walking, he had eyes to see and ears to hear, and he wasn't resting his walk. If we can do that here with the word and our prayers, you know, in, in worship. Woo. You see what I mean? Then, then, God, then God will have free reign in the mystery and the wonder of who he is to do what he wants to do. Amen? All right. We'll close out. Let's just pray. Lord, I, I thank you. I thank you that you want to be with us and, and you want us to know you. And Lord, Lord, we were just talking about the Psalms that, that you inspired to write. And I know I went way off course from that. But Lord, just th that we would, we would desire to be with you in a way that we'll slow down to be with you. So you can teach us. And so you can grow us. And you can and strengthen us and instill us with your wisdom and your understanding. So Lord, we just want to be available. And we're going to make ourselves available. Whatever, whatever time we have is different for everybody. If, if it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30, whatever it is, Lord. That we will work to make ourselves available to you. I pray you just consistently meet us. Consistently just meet with us and help us. We need your help for it. And again, we just worship you tonight. We do praise you because of simply who you are. Our Savior and our God. All for your glory. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. You know, you know what that means when we all say amen? We all say we agree. Amen. All right, have a, have a blessed week. If you can make it Saturday, I'll see you Saturday. If not Sunday morning, invite a friend. And I'm excited about Sunday service.